Thank you for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes State of Michigan. How you doing? Hopefully you're well and doing just fine here in the second week of 2023. My name's Robert Kerr, host of the program as always. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you as always here. Uh, if you check out the at MI Soccer Central social media channels, you'll be seeing uh, quite a few retweets from uh, there's been some Midwest Premier League happenings. There's been a lot of coaching stuff up on the feeds lately. We also see the uh, posts, some graphics of the top five most played Michigan Soccer Central podcast episodes, as well as another graphic with the top three staff picks of some episodes handpicked by us at Michigan Soccer Central that did not make that top five plays list. Um, I got one note that uh, of current events, or actually there's a couple notes of current events here before we get to our segments. I wanted to shout out um, a possible topic for greater conversation next week, but uh, East Lansing native Zoe Morse uh, was transferred from the... Chicago Red Stars, and she went over to the Women's Super League to uh, join Brighton and Hove Albion there in the uh, Women's Super League over there in England, quickly becoming arguably uh, the top league, um, definitely giving NWSL a run for the money. Uh, she played at uh, East Lansing and in um, lots of youth level U.S. Uh, women's national team appearances at the youth levels. She played for University of Virginia, where she stand out as a very stout defender by all descriptions. Was a uh, a rock at the back for the Chicago Red Stars, and uh, now joins 11th place Brighton and Hove Albion. Our guest this week on this episode of the podcast, our feature interview is with a. Uh, Michigan Soccer Association Hall of Fame honoree and one of the founders of Waza Flow. I went and checked out uh, Mich- uh, Major League Indoor Soccer action. His Waza Flow welcomed Rapid City FC at the weekend. So we talk about that and what other things Waza is up to. But first, I'd like to welcome in Jenny Hajnaki, editor of the program. Uh, thank you for joining me. And we are going to preview. It's one of the very early 2023 programs. And so we thought we'd do a little something different, have a conversation at uh, maybe we'll share the three stories or topics in soccer in 2023 we're most looking forward to. Jenny, welcome back in to the Michigan Soccer Central podcast on this side of the microphone. Thank you for welcoming me to this side of the microphone once again. It's always a pleasure to come on with you. Oh, um, so like I said on the intro, and I really wanted you on here to uh, bring up your storylines that you were most looking forward to because you hear all these podcasts, you're tuned into soccer uh, at all the levels. One of the reasons why I love the game, there's the international level, the national level, the international club level. And then around here nationally and then locally and amateur. So there's so many different uh, layers to peel back. And you're familiar with quite a few. So I think we're going to alternate, go back and forth with each of us have selected our top three 
storylines or topics that we want to learn. I'm excited to learn, really. Um, one of the things I think that really stands out to me, smacks me in the face of what's going to happen this year. Um, these are no particular order, but I think it's uh, a good way to start. Does Detroit City FC uh, have an upgraded year or a slump season here in 2023? Um, their first year in USL Championship, they had a, a threadbare squad, but they, they punched above their weight and they, they kind of snuck in the playoffs mid-level team by the end of the season. Uh, do they go up or down in uh, 23, do you think there, Jenny? It's a little early to say just because they're still sort of constructing the roster here. It's going to be a very different team overall, yet there's going to be plenty of familiar faces. I'm going to say they, they have a slight uptick, and they, they, they make the playoffs as a little more than a, a, a seven-seed borderline team, and they kind of get in, maybe like jump into maybe a five or a six. Not quite, not quite good enough to get a home playoff game, but still a, an improvement upon the 2022 debut season. Yeah, DCFC has, uh, it seems like from my vantage point, has had uh, more outgoings and incomings, but they did announce yesterday the um, signing of midfielder Richard Ballard on a two-year contract. Uh, he's coming over from uh, Miami. And then I know they got a, a, a midfielder from Loudon earlier in the offseason. One of the big returners, though, uh, that actually surprised me. And I had heard rumored that uh, he was uh, stepping away. But Nate Steinwasher uh, signed on to come back. Uh, I know many City Faithful are probably um, excited to hear that news as he was very key. And they're also uh, teasing that uh, Devin Amumensa is healthy and ready to come back in 2023. He was big part of uh, that early first half of the season success for city. So uh, it'd be good to see him in the back. And I'm very, like, like I said, this is the top three uh, storylines. We're curious to find out is I, I really do. I just really do want to find out. I'm excited to consume 2023 and, and, and what it brings and will they take a step forward or backward? Uh, what's your uh, first thing that you're looking forward to Jenny? Probably the number one thing I'm looking forward to. Mine are going to be a little more outside the state of Michigan, global, national type stories. And the, the top one I'm looking forward to is the Women's World Cup. Uh, we, you know, we just had a World Cup fever back in November and December with the men. But the, the women, they, they take on a little more of a local interest because the, the U.S. women are one of the favorites. They're the two-time defending world champions. Uh, they're kind of in a bit of a, a trough in terms of what they're used to seeing. They, they haven't had the quite the results they've been used to over the past couple of months, but they always step it up for the World Cup. You're going to look into, you're going to be excited to see some new faces come in, possibly to to bring it back to the state of Michigan. Bethany Balser is on the radar, could be making a trip to Australia, New Zealand for the 2023 tournament. And they, they like I said, they always step it up for the World Cup. Then. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see if they can defend their title against a very resurgent like an England squad who just won the the women's European Championships last summer. Uh, France and Germany always favorites. The hosts Australia are gonna be uh, expected to come on very strong. So I'm looking forward to a, a summer World Cup once again, and you know one that the U.S. women could very well win when all is said and done. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, it kind of seems wild to think of another World Cup after um, just coming off the back of one and being one episode separated from a World Cup uh, 2022 review episode. Check that out in the feed if you haven't heard that one yet. That yep. was a great one. A uh, great chat about uh, World Cup in Qatar. Um, and you touched on some great things. Uh, Michigan or Bethany Balser might uh, make that squad. She was on the periphery of the last time around. And uh, I'll never forget the feeling in 2014 when um, the U.S. had just won that, that World Cup and they had that big score line and it was like the triumph, like this is excellence in soccer. And I think like it's either that night or the day after the women won the 2014 World Cup, it was like the men's gold cup started. And it was just like from watching like the absolute peak of the, the game to like a uh, very mediocre version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, the, the con- I, I could include the con. Uh, well, well, We'll mention that in a little bit with, with later on when uh, it comes to that because I am I am gonna have some U.S. men stuff to talk about too. But it's the the women's World Cup is just it's it's so great because the it's kind of the same quality of play as the men's World Cup in terms of the supreme international talent without a lot of the pomp and circumstance and this a slightly more pure experience if you ask me. Yeah, there's definitely not as much gamesmanship. I remember seeing just a very little bit uh, from Brazil and then maybe this la- the last Euros, it might have been a little, but not, I mean, like a drop in the pond compared to what you see at the, the men's tournaments as far as mm-hmm. like embe- embellishments and stuff like that. So that that's a pretty, uh, there's a pretty stark difference there and that, it's refreshing and that's, that's a good shout. Um, and I'm curious, uh, the Zoe Morris, the player uh, I just mentioned going across the pond to play for Brighton and um, in the information I read about her, she seems uh, very imperious and obviously played at the the youth level. I wonder if that move uh, to the women's soccer league is a push to maybe make that squad, like a late push to make that squad. Cause I don't know if I saw that she had any senior level appearances and it's definitely uh, a time of flux. So maybe there's time for, players to make it into uh, Aaron, Aaron Offsey's, uh squad. I know that some people aren't aren't happy with the job he's done. He kind of seemed like a caretaker from the previous uh, boss, but um, Aronofsky, what is it, three losses in a row they had? They, they had three losses in a row until they beat Germany 2-1 to one in their last friendly on November 13th. But they had before that, they had lost to Germany three days before, and then in the previous international break, 2-1 loss to England, 2-0 loss to Spain, both on the road. So so my second thing will come back home. I need a big, deep voice go, two. Uh, what happens to the NISA teams in 2023 is a, a storyline and a topic that I want to know. Recently, uh, it was announced that NISA was t- receiving an uh, audit from the Federation um, unless something has changed in the last 24 hours. But um, I don't know what that is going to result in. Uh, so there's a little bit of question of the stability of NISA. And obviously the Michigan Stars are in that league. And the brand new Gold Star is uh, set to join that league. So that whole topic is a lot to, to digest because there's a lot of storylines there because 
attached to that Nor- Nisa storyline is the announcement that uh, Michigan Stars owner George Yunkai bought uh, a large stake in a team in Slovenia and his son and one of the uh, central core players of the Michigan star squad uh, signed there. And so it'd be interesting to see uh, what steps stars and its programming uh, takes with, with that, that's a big change. And then um, if Nisa is in um, instability, how does that impact a brand new team in gold star trying to launch here in this, in the new year? I'm really curious about how the Gold Star thing is going to go because, they, they, as we've heard on right here on this podcast, they have very lofty ambitions and they have and they're they have a very accelerated timeline as well. It's like uh, they and suddenly they boom they have this soccer specific stadium out uh, on uh, was it Livonia I think, and it's just out of nowhere they're they're creating this this very big project uh, and. I'm really curious to see what comes of it. I'm I, I'm I root for them to succeed because I root for every club everywhere to succeed, at least from a financial standpoint. So I'm really hoping that I don't want to see Nisa, you know, go the way of the dodo or anything. And I really want to see uh, Michigan Stars and Gold Star take steps forward off the field. I mean, Michigan Stars they just won the league last year, so they they can't really go much higher in terms of Nisa performance this year. But I want to see them improve off the field and become a very stable business operation going forward. Yeah. So that, uh, I should say that, uh, the whole audit situation with Nisa is credit Knights who say Nisa, the protagonist podcast center on Nisa are the ones who, uh, reported that, uh, they were saying that. So that's reported. That's not an, an official, um, news item now that I'll, I'll cross check that that's that's reported because there hasn't been a lot of activity with nisa about um scheduling their season and whatnot and so the knights who say nisa nisa centric podcast are saying that um what's holding up the scheduling is a federation audit so that is a report from sources not an official thing i should clarify that but without you know those things aside um I'm interested to see what uh, both of those teams with uh, the insecurity around Nisa and with the changes in the young guys um, situation there with Steven going abroad and the investment going overseas, you know, <laughs> what happens with those teams in 2023? <laughs> does he, does young guy prioritize the Slovenian team and kind of let the stars go by the way? So I'd hope not, but. And he, I guess, uh, reflecting on a, a conversation I had with Mr. Yunkai when he was uh, talking about uh, talking up the the Nisa Championship in the, this fall, um, he was talking about uh, investing in Europe and how the dollar goes a lot farther overseas. So, um, who knows? <laughs> but you did. You never know what George Junkai is going to do. So. I, 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 interesting. I, I enjoy an interesting conversation. Um, what's your next one? My next one, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna do the U.S. men's team now because they had a very interesting World Cup. They made it uh, into the round of 16, as was the, the expectation. I would say they had that glorious draw against England, the, the gritty win to close out the, the group stage there. And, 
Now they have all this coach drama surrounding Greg Berhalter, surrounding Gio Reyna. What's going to happen to this U.S. men's national team? Will they be able to put that aside and have a strong performance in the CONCACAF Gold Cup, regardless of how much it does or does not matter in the grand scheme of things? And can basically, can <laughs> they set all that aside and keep the, keep the good form on the CONCACAF front going? Because they've won back-to-back CONCACAF tournaments with the last CONCACAF Gold Cup and the CONCACAF Nations League. They're going to be playing for a chance to win another CONCACAF Nations League coming up early in the spring, early in the summer, late uh, late spring, early summer. So I want to know what's going to happen to this team, who's going to be their coach, what's going to happen to Gio Reyna, what's going to happen to this young crop of talent, how are they going to continue to develop. And it's it's oh, I mean, there's never a dull moment with the U.S. men's national team, but I think that's especially the case now coming off a World Cup performance and coming into 2023, not necessarily on the right foot. Jenny, I could argue that there's plenty of dull moments with the U.S. men's national team. (laughs) On the pitch, you're probably correct. But But to be fair, they don't have, I mean, there's plenty of uh, intrigue and backdoor deals and stuff like that with the Federation for sure. But uh, just to simplify, are you, what what are your feelings on Berhalter? I'm not sure if the allegations or whatever, or the, the, the story, the backstory, I'm not sure what to think about all that, but just, uh, you know, before all that, were you Berhalter to stay or go before? And did that change since after all this fiasco happened? It it has not changed since the fiasco happened. Uh, As far as should he stay or should he go? I can't think of a better option right now. So I would say stay. If someone could, could, show up here and say, you know, give me a honest to goodness. This guy would be a better U S men's national team head coach than Greg Berhalter. Then I'd be all for it. But like I said, I'm not convinced that option really exists. So for the moment, I kind of just want to stay the course, see how he would do over the course of the next two years with gold cup, CONCACAF nations league and the starts of world cup qualifying. But I just, or at the, this particular moment, I don't have a better option. So I'd say Berhalter stays. The, as far as the incident with his wife from nearly 30 years ago, actually yeah, over 30 years ago, I'm not paying too much attention to it just because the, obviously they're, they're happily married now. They have their children. They made up from the incident. And Berhalter was only, what, 19 at the time. So I'm not, I'm not reading too much into that. And, uh, but I am reading a lot into his performance and how it seems like they took a step forward in the world cup. And I want to see how they go going forward through the gold cup before I make any, you know, this is the guy who I want in 2026 decisions. It sounds like you're Burhalter in due to shrug emoji. Yeah. That's, that's actually a very good way to put it. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I was just like, it wouldn't have surprised me. I think it just made it a little bit awkward for Ernie Stewart to just re-sign him. I think he was just about to just like have like a rubber stamped new contract. It, it, I mean, like you said, like who really wants that job more than him now at this point? And exactly, you're, you're and not, like, not going to bring back a retread or anything like that. Maybe in like two years, it might be more appealing to be like the coach of the host team. But I mean, I mean, I'd actually, but him going to get a job would be good. Like, can you like what is the valuation of like? getting this American team to the part where he did, like where do clubs value that? Cause I always mm-hmm. thought that uh, I always felt bad for Bob Bradley. Like he did pretty darn well um, for a, 
at least what was it one or two cycles bob bradley he was 2010 i think and he yeah, did pretty he well and i thought he was gonna get a good job and he ended up having to go into the wilderness after that he uh you know went to egypt and then second division in scandinavia and france and so and i guess i was i was i'm kind of, i was kind of curious of where where he'd le- like where the landing point is you know 22 years later after a coach who kind of had the same sort of um success with the u.s men's team yeah bob bradley he's gotten the shaft in a number of places I will. Uh, I'll never forgive Swansea City for basically. Uh, they hired him to be their full-time manager, but didn't really treat him like one. Didn't give him a transfer window. Just said, yeah, you know what? No, we changed our mind and leave him. Uh, but again, he's happy in MLS. He just won MLS. Or no, he didn't. He not, did not win MLS Cup. He's not with the. No, he left LAFC and they won. Anymore, but yeah. So again, another case of him getting the shaft. So. Uh, no, but I, I, I just don't see a reason to move on from Burhalter for on the field reasons at the moment. So fair enough. Yeah. Here's me shrugging. Mm, yes. It's like, and that's kind of how I felt about it the whole time. Like definitely don't like the, uh, the nepotism higher aspect of him. And he seemed to like shuffle as after making lots of bad decisions. It seemed like he would generally make up for him and make some good ones. But I, I don't know if he can evade. And he, I feel like he made some roster selection errors in bringing some injured players that didn't see the field, and then maybe left I mean, some the whole strikers. Whole saga, perhaps. That could have been dealt with better. It's almost like if he wasn't like baby, like his, like Uncle Greg, essentially, he maybe would have had a like a tighter control over an attitude problem, and maybe mm-hmm. wouldn't have had that a side conversation saying you're not going to play that much. I think there's also a, a value of consistency here. He's the guy who brought up this current generation of talent. He, he kind of brought Pulisic into his own Weston McKenney brought Gio Reyna into the team, despite the world cup drama brought in, uh, who else would you, who Musa. else give him? Musa, Eunice Musa. Who, I That's like probably the biggest cup. feather in his cap. And same, same with and Tyler yeah, his, 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 his dual national, uh, Pole has actually been pretty darn good, uh, at least from the European side, at least. I, I think there's something that you said for that going into 2026. You kind of want to keep the momentum of, or at least the consistency of him going on. So I mean, he, from the, you know, the dual national Mexican, he got Pepe, but didn't bring him. So I don't know where that balances out, but he got, uh, you know, the guy who's the, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, Dutch. Serginio Dest. Serginio Dest and Musa were definitely huge yes. dual national gets. Um, and then, I mean, I don't remember. It was before him. I think there was a Dave Sarakin, but he's the one that got Anthony Robinson and mm-hmm. uh, from his dual, dual national with British. So I'd say that that was probably his, his, his one of his best, uh, you know, check marks on the, the positive side. But uh, it's a bit of a wash, I think, with, with Greg. Gotcha. In my opinion. But my third, third big thing in 23, uh, it's, this is a simple one. This is kind of just something I'm personally curious about. And there's been a lot of uh, rumors here and there over the last couple of years. But I'm curious if we will have an announcement of a new uh, professional USL team in Michigan this year. There's I, been I'm plenty of too. There's been plenty of speculation about Grand Rapids. There's been 
some whispers. I mean, there was an attempt at it in Lansing already and some whispers about Flint and perhaps, uh, and I'm just curious if any of those are going to actually be announced as a real deal in 23. Yeah. Uh, I would think Midwest United has a lot of momentum trying to po- possibly making a jump into USL league one. Uh, I, Lance Lansing ignite was a, awkward situation because they kind of screwed over their hardest course of hardest course supporters with some poor decision making. <laughs> so I, I think it can work in Lansing and given a few years, maybe Lansing common could build themselves up a little more and become pro one day. I'm actually looking at the launch of the USLW league or the USL super league, which is going to be the USL's professional women's league is expected to launch in 2024, but they're expected to make team announcements this year. And I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Detroit city FC's women's team join the inaugural USL super league come 2024. And that's, that's what I want to say. It's a, like a slam dunk or anything like that, but I think there's a very strong chance that you will see Detroit city FC field, a professional women's team in, uh, 2024 with that usl super league that would be pretty cool is that is that any uh insider knowledge there jenny that is not insider knowledge that is pure speculation on my part pure speculation uh we'll take it but i mean that's what uh this segment's all about things that you you want to see and see if it all plays out what's your third my third and final one is going to be a little bit self-serving because i have a, a vested interest in it and it's the the premier league title race Oh, uh, I'm uh, Arsenal is having this amazing season that nobody saw coming, least of all me. So, I mean, an Arsenal fan did not see this coming. I, I'm very, still skeptical about their ability to hold on to it. Uh, we'll learn a little bit about them when they play Spurs coming up this weekend, and then they play Manchester United in a couple weeks. But right now, uh, what five point advantage in the at the top of the table over Manchester City? Still have to play Manchester City twice in the league it's going to be it's going to come down to the wire and as an arsenal fan i'm just trying to enjoy the ride and in the likely event that they slip and manchester manchester city catches them i'm not going to be too disappointed because this ride has been amazing and i didn't see it coming yeah kudos to yeah uh a great season for your gunners so far uh i can't say the same for my my liverpool definitely it's been a bit of Soft year for them, yeah. A, a disjointed year, uh, I'll say. But uh, yeah, Gunner's looking strong, and uh, you'd you'd think that a, a title race is fun, but uh, your 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 stomach is going to be in knots <laughs> for a couple months here now, Jenny. Pretty much, yeah. It's, it's not something I'm I'm used to in uh, Premier League play. The last time Arsenal sort of did have a run was uh, that fifteen sixteen season when Leicester City ended up winning it. But they had a run that just, year. I don't remember them being in the talks. That, that's why it's just how it kind of they, they finished second. Okay, they, it's, oh, it's but, but of, they they barely. It was mostly Tottenham chasing them, wasn't it? It was. But didn't they get them at the last week? Them. Yes, they did. It, it was another very uh, unexpected Saint Totteringham's Day coming at the end. But uh, it, that was they, they were in first place. They were the only team to beat Leicester twice that season. And after they beat Leicester in, I want to say it was February, they they were on the top of the table, but. I just I I never saw it actually materializing into anything. So whereas this year again I don't see them coming out on top, but I see them drawing it drawing it out and uh, taking Man City to the wire. 
Well, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Uh, you get to uh, experience uh, the thrill of every game being, you know, do or die. You got that Manchester City breathing down your throat. That's that's quite a feeling. It's a uh... Yeah, I mean, you, you've been there many times, in just in the past few years. So. Yeah, oh, you know seem, seemingly that's the only ones that are ever doing it. <laughs> they're always, they're always there, always about like, and the the fact that the competition is so steep, like you, what you're up against, like you have to pretty much Arsenal has to just about win every single game now. You think so, and or and at the very least draw against City because it's tough to beat that team, but yeah, they 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 need to. I don't want to say they have to win out, but that would certainly help. They have a little bit of wiggle room until they drop, you know, drop points to City. I mean, I honestly never forgive uh, City that the fact that Liverpool got the second highest points tally of any Premier League season, but they finished in second place <laughs> because City had the first. Yeah, <laughs> that's an unreal, unreal thing. Uh, One you, honorable mention I want to throw in. Really yeah, quick I was going to give you go. that shot. Yeah. Is uh, Italy's title race? Can Napoli hold on to finally win the Scudetto in Serie A? Because that's that's gonna be another interesting one. If Napoli wins, it'll be four different title winners in four years, which is almost unheard of for a top European league these days. That's a great shout, and that would be another just a uh, whole nother level to Argentina's best ever year because they're calling this the Maradona season at Napoli. Yep, yeah. And yeah, so if that's... if if the storybook of uh Leo Messi finally winning this year and then his his dear Napoli uh winning it too uh that would be the just first be... time since Maradona. Yes, <laughs> for the first time since him <laughs> both, both his country and his club yeah. win uh after he passes that that that'd be unreal and and poetry that uh somehow seems to come true sometimes uh in this game we love Absolutely. Well, Jenny, thank you for uh, sharing. I've enjoyed doing this uh, three things to look out for with you. I've I've enjoyed it once again. Thank you for letting me on the, the recording instead of just listening to it and chopping it up and making you guys sound as awesome as you always do. And uh, it was fun. Look forward to the next time. Yeah, looking forward to next time. And good luck uh, watching those Gunners. Is it uh, Premier League or is it Cups this weekend? It is. It is the Premier League. Uh, let me just you know confirm, but I'm pretty sure that yep, it is a North London Derby week. Oh, so they're, they're on the road, Tottenham Sunday, eleven thirty. You know, you know, you'll know where to find me. Which American do you would you want on Arsenal? What American? Um, I'm just, I'm trying to, let's see. I would probably want to go with maybe Tyler Adams. I think that's the best answer. Holding mid, a holding midfielder. I mean, Arsenal's got Granite Shaka, but he likes to get a yellow card all the time and get sent off every now and then. But so yeah, Tyler Adams. Good answer. All right, listeners. Next up, uh, feature interview, uh, caught up with, uh, Michigan Soccer Association Hall of Fame honoree, but well, you might know him as the founder, or amongst the founders of Waza Flow, and I uh, caught up with him following uh, his M a major league indoor soccer bout between Waza and Rapid City on this weekend. So stick around for that here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. 
Welcome back here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Um, had the, the opportunity to catch some um, major league indoor soccer action, some interstate action. Waza Flow uh, welcomed Rapid City FC on Sunday night. And to talk about Waza FC and that game, I've got on the line Dominic Cicluna, one of the founders of Waza Flow. Welcome to Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, sir. Thank you, brother. It's a pleasure to be here. So, um, I guess we'll talk about uh, the game at the weekend first and then talk about Waza in general, but um, uh, what did you make of the game? Uh, it was a very tight affair there until uh, in the second half. Yeah, well, arena soccer is crazy. It's a game that if, uh, if, if you don't do your work in the back and in the, in the midfield and up front, it's like in, in one second the ball can end up in the keeper's hand and they can toss it down the field, come down the field, in a three-on-two, and, and the other team, if you, if you, you were, I think you were at the game, correct? Yeah, I was there right about the halfway the line. And the pretty stiff, man. The the, 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 there's guys with skill. They're strong. They're fast. It's exciting, and like in one instant, you can just be down the field in one throw, and now it's a one-on-one or a three-on-two or a two-on-one. But the guys, like, it was a pretty close battle in the beginning, and. Um, and our team is still working with some, actually, with some new talent, to be honest with you, mixed with a couple older guys. Yeah, so uh, I, that was your second or third game, I believe, in uh, this new indoor league, major league indoor soccer. Um, what, How's your games gone up until this point? And I guess uh, what uh, made Waza jump back into the indoor game? Yeah, well, we were a part of the original, you know, PASL that, that started a long time ago and because of our reputation and being a part of the Nash, Mario and I both have coached and uh, played with, you know, like the arena national team and the experience that we have and and the reputation that we have, um, you know, built over the years with some of the owners from the other, you know, teams. And they obviously saw our value and asked us if we would be willing to get back into it again. And thanks to Frank and Kelly and his team of, people and some people behind the scenes that don't get mentioned much uh we all decide to make another push but you know our family has for many many years has just been involved in just providing an opportunity for and a vehicle for people to make it and to express their skill and to develop a community and a culture that has an opportunity to not give up on their dreams you know especially after covid yeah, and just being at the game on Sunday and uh, just being in a crowd and very, like, intimate, like, you know, very close to the action sort of a thing, it was great to be out on a Sunday night and have some great live entertainment and some obvious skill out on the field. I, I really enjoyed it, I'll, I'll be honest. Well, I, I appreciate you coming out there. It's actually a game that gets overlooked because of the speed and the power and the precision on some of the the – you know the skills that it takes to actually perform at that level and and you know and if, and if they do well in these leagues you know some of the leagues that exist are paying guys you know one two three thousand a month still to do something that they love throughout the winter it's a pretty great opportunity to be honest with you not to mention there's a lot of clubs and people just in general that are overlooking this opportunity to have such skillful players and 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 um, an amazing entertainment at the same time through the winter which is pretty slow with not a lot of things to do in a city like ours yeah and i spoke with uh lewis stevens from uh, rapid city when they were first announced in the summer and he said that 
to your same point of it really gives some uh, quality live entertainment during the, the, the dark months here in Michigan. And yeah, it was great. And one thing uh, I was thinking about, you were talking about the fast paced action with that small space and that, that much fast action. Um, <laughs> it almost seemed to me, if you're going to be out there expressing yourself, you got to do it pretty darn fast. Yeah. You know what? It doesn't matter whether it was like talking about football, hockey, or arena soccer. The best sports are ones that just have not a lot of downtime. People are slamming into each other, but the ones that have the most skill and there's a bunch of warriors screaming and there's music and there's all kinds of just things going on. And, and there's a chance for people to be inspired to follow through on their dreams. And we have all those elements right here in Detroit and it's you know people can drink and enjoy themselves and eat food upstairs i mean it's a, it's an all-around cool environment and mainly nowadays we need social media we need people that are mindful and that people take responsibility for kind of marketing what they're a part of which is not happening people are just scrolling and flipping through instagram like it's like they got all this time to waste in the world instead of actually promoting their brand and promoting this culture uh, that's promoting all the local talent, whether it's music, whether it's uh, soccer and sport and everything kind of kind of culminates and in, in everything that everybody wants when they go to a you know an event. So what's your experience so far uh, quickly? What, what have you thought the experience in the this MLIS so far? In, in any time, um, any time a league and a group of guys that are serious and have to spend a lot of money to uh, promote this thing and get all these kids and everybody to drive and spend money and uh, commit to this thing, it's going to take a lot of discipline. And, and then sometimes the payoff's not there when you don't get at least a few of the local clubs to come and appreciate and support and to, and to learn because it's really a really beautiful art and culture to be a part of because every kid that's there just truly loves it if there's only seven kids there they have a blast if there's 700 they're going to have a blast it's so it's one of those things where it's a shame that the culture is not just being naturally embraced but um i think all the fear from the clubs of like oh my god all the kids are going to leave my club if they go to your game over there i think that's gone now uh, because of the evolution of people don't drive too far as far as youth sports are concerned. I know we were talking about the pro, but the pro league and everything depends on people coming to games and then people, if they can't, to, to tune in online at the you know, Go Live Sportscast and on Facebook and on all those social media channels that it's available and then and to, to promote it. And, to, and they should be doing that for their clubs and for the sport in general, which is anytime you guys are posting stuff and it pops up on my Instagram, I'm always trying to support, not even trying. I literally get on there. I hit like, I attempt to get their algorithm and everything working in our favor because we really have to be extraordinary in our approach to soccer rather than this old school mentality. Yeah, I understand that. And I appreciate the support of uh, uh, our stuff online. And uh, in my various travels, coaching and visiting different stuff, uh, soccer-related things, uh, every now and again I see Waza logos here and a youth team here and there. So uh, in the current iteration of your club, uh, what all is out there uh, in the Waza footprint? You know what? Our, the word Waza means skill. And my brothers and I uh, were into like you know wrestling and kung fu and jiu-jitsu and hip-hop and all the arts. And so we've always... 
managed to just incorporate some of you know the music and everything into our sessions and the yoga uh, aspects of meditation and sometimes going a little extra step further than some of the other people and most of the clubs it's not their fault they 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 have an agenda that they have to get to as a, as a club you have to win in order to keep getting people to want to sign up but nowadays like what i was getting at is like people don't drive too far outside of their situations unless they're like the the family that's kind of becoming you know the family that's a little more mindful and, and concerned about who their kids are going to be with and then they start doing their research and they want the more holistic scientific uh people that are getting results as far as technique skill and appreciation of the artistic aspect of things and then still learning the 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 structure and discipline and the commitment that it takes to actually follow through with an organization, a club, or even, uh, you know, a community as far as what their goals and their purposes are. Uh, I saw, I was doing some, uh, some toddler soccer instruction and I saw uh, some WASA sessions going on over at the uh, Livonia athletic district. Uh, what other uh, locations around town uh, might we're, someone we're see some some Waza logos? Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're we have a futsal. We do futsal at this. Uh, it's off a of Copper Nick, and uh, we 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 also do some. You know, like we have camps at, at that at that spot. But like the main thing is, is like what we do is we we're at we're at Total Soccer Farmington. Sometimes we'd like to like also, you know, we move around and help some of the different facilities and keep everybody. We kind of keep everybody and everything going as far as the the overall business of soccer going. We support other people's, other clubs' tournaments. They support ours, you know, because we have our spooktacular in the fall and we have one in the spring. And it's like some of these main things, just they're just enough to keep everything going. You know, that people talk about how you shouldn't be charging so much in soccer. Well, if the whole world, everything is going up, inflation is going up, and everything's going up, of course, the coaches and the and the in the league and the and the evolution of the sport should also go up and match the you know everything in the whole world shouldn't go up except soccer. So when people are talking about the cost to live in America is different to live in some of these third world countries. So sometimes the analogies are just a little bit not not accurate, you know. Yeah, I understand that. Um, so you were doing a little bit of uh, everything in quite a few locations, uh, visiting, helping out. Um, you said uh, futsal. I, I'm very interested in futsal, and I really like that that trend is picking up, especially it gives us something to do in the uh, indoors in the wintertime, like you said. Uh, where was that location you were doing futsal? We were doing it. It's off of Copper Dick. It's my, my brother Mario. What we can do is we should get him on here at one point because he really knows some, and we'll get really into detail. Um, he'll really get into detail with you know some of the way things are structured. And Mario's Mario knows that the ins and outs and has helped create leagues, clubs, uh, uh, and everything else out there. All right. Before I let you go, um, when is the next? Uh, Indoor soccer action uh, was a home game uh, that you can tell folks about to go visit and check in check in for their for themselves. You know what? I, what I would like to do is just tell everyone to go on Facebook to Detroit Waza Flow, which is where everything you know gets put on, as well as um, you know uh, my my Instagram is Dominic uh, Waza, and it'll pop right up. You know, if they just type in D O M I N I C W A Z A. Um, and then what I do is I'll be posting everything regularly, 
but if anybody just types in, you know, you know, DetroitWaza.com uh, or, you know, goes on Facebook, it'll all populate and come right up. And GoLiveSportsCast.com always has all the information needed. All right, Dominic, thank you so much. Um, had a really great time checking uh, your game out at the Detroit City FC Fieldhouse uh, when you took on uh, Rapid City FC at the weekend. And thank you for... Uh, Isn't the sport underrated and exciting as can be? Oh, yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, I have a little bit of a soft spot for it because when I was growing up, Rockers and then the Neon... Man, that's my team. That's my my uncle and, and his partners all in the Tinians and Gus Moffin. They all created that. Sold it to the Illages. It was beautiful. That affected my entire life. And you know what? We used to get eight to ten thousand people per game, and it was it was a fun time. Yeah, I remember uh, the goose coming visiting us yep. in elementary school. My infinity. Yeah, awesome. that's see, that's the my my first uh, taste of in person professional that's soccer. Awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Well, Dominic, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Yeah, you're a legend, too. It takes one to know one, brother. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right, help me spread the word. I'll help you guys. Everybody out there in the world of soccer, please support all the local clubs, even if they don't like you. <laughs> no doubt. It, it's all soccer at the end of the day. That's right. You know what? I, look, they might not like me, but you need some characters to spice it up a little. All right, thanks, listeners. That about does it for this week's edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you to my guest, Dominic Cicluna from Waza Flow. Enjoyed talking to him and really enjoyed taking in that arena soccer action. And thank you to Jenny Hajnaki for editing the program as always, but for joining us on the show for three things to look out for in 2023. So thank you to the Michigan Soccer Central core team. And thank you to you once again, dear listener, check out the socials at MI Soccer Central. And until next time, everybody, please enjoy your soccer.